Hello and welcome to The Hardy Brain, the show that takes athletic, introverted entrepreneurs and leaders and transforms them into ironclad brain performers. I'm your host, Dr. David Hardy. And today, as always, we have an amazing guest today. We have someone who's been in the tech sector for over 20 years, has all sorts of abbreviation and acronyms that I, I can't frankly understand since I'm not in that world, uh, has a Bachelor of Science in Church Ministry and is now in coaching and helping out uh, other segments of the tech career population with addictions. Our guest today, Jeremy Greider. Welcome. How do you how do you pronounce uh, Greider properly with the, with the Texas accent here? <laughs> it's just, just Greider, but. Uh... Yeah, yeah, so you kind of, uh, like when we think of the mold of people in the tech sector, uh, if we were to just go by stereotypes, uh, you kind of don't fit the, like if we saw you walking down the street, like you're a big guy, you're like, what, 6'4 or something? Yeah, big guy. <laughs> I'm six foot four and a half. Never played basketball. I was actually a uh, right. soccer player. And now you're all tattooed up. You're you're you got that presence, like uh, like you you'd be you'd be like an athlete or a cowboy or, <laughs> or something else, right? <laughs> something, huh? Yeah, I, I get that a lot. But basically, though, too, one of the the stereotypes out there would be that a lot of tech tech people. Um, are very straight and narrow, they're career focused, and that addiction would not be something that would be prevalent with with this kind of career sector or population, but you've experienced otherwise, right? Yeah, and uh, yeah, I, I actually got into really the tech side of things about 12 years ago, but I've been in sales and business for about 20. And uh, I have, you know, before I was in the tech world, I had not seen a group of people that uh, partied as much at times, you know. I mean, uh, <laughs> I always say it's tech, drugs, and rock and roll, you know. <laughs> yeah, so what was your, your kind of career journey then through this tech, sex, and, and rock and roll? I actually, before I was in tech, um, and I was still in my twenties, uh, when I was in sales, um, I started getting into a lot of, uh, drinking and, and partying and, and, uh, pretty much trying a little bit of everything <laughs> and found myself in a position where I knew that I wasn't in control. You know, um, it, it was wow. really past where I, I had control of my drinking. So uh, about 13 ish years ago, I started that journey of sobriety. And luckily, uh, before I got into the tech world, because in, in the tech world, especially in startups, um, they're just, there's a lot of camaraderie, you know, early on, there's a lot of, fun and and of course you got to have some parties here and there to to celebrate big victories and um you know 
it, it's not necessarily a bad thing for everybody, but it's a bad thing for somebody that has an addictive personality, which, you know, many of us do, you know, so, um, right, yeah. I, uh, I watched people in, in that industry really struggle over the years. And I even was able to reach out to them and, and, uh, help quite a few of them, uh, along that path since I've been in tech. Um, but I, I saw it as a, a factor where it, it's not that the, the companies certainly care, right? They're not just trying to get people, uh, addicted to alcohol or anything like that. That's not the idea that that's not the spirit of, of the startup, right? <laughs> it's around, uh, right, doing yeah. something together and it just happens as adults in America, we, we tend to drink, you know, uh, when we get together. So, yeah. um, it's the social. So, so kind of walk us, yeah. Walk us through some of this, the socializing that, that was happening. Like what, what were kind of these startups that you were involved with? Uh, where were you guys heading? What was, what was the ride with uh, when you first got, got into, into all of this? Well, again, like, like I said, it, it, just to be very clear, it is not the fault of the startup. It's just the culture of, of tech. But uh, I was early on, I was one of the first employees, probably number 70, somewhere in there. Uh, for a company called Big Commerce, it's a, it's a really great company. Um, have nothing but really good things to say. They're very supportive of their people. Um, but uh, you know, I mean, just uh, I, w- I wouldn't say they ever did anything that really promoted it, <laughs> but it was more right, of a yeah. thing of the culture and the people. You know, we're in Austin, and. Um, there's just a lot to do. And a lot of that evolves around drinking, you know? So I really saw a couple of people that were afraid of not, uh, or quite a few people that were afraid of not fitting in to um, that mold. Right. And, and once they got into that, that, that sort of, you know, partying and hanging out after hours, you know, (laughs) it became, a, right. a, a, a struggle for them. And those are the people so, that I'm so concentrated right on. Right. So right there, basically, these are the, the people that are maybe socially awkward, uh, very much kind of more in their head when it comes to thinking, some of them, very but introverted. Some of them, you would, and, you would uh, be surprised that they had any problem with it, you know? But uh, m- oh, many okay. of them were, yeah, they were, you know, that was their people. That was their group, you know? And so they would, this is the one area they could let go in and, and feel safe. And, and part of that's because, you know, big commerce is one of the most incredible cultures I've ever seen in, in tech. Uh, they, how so they, well, they don't hire just for um, what people are on paper, right? We call it bucket one and bucket two. Bucket right. one being we hire you for, and I'm I'm actually Feedonomics, the company I work for now, is a subsidiary of of uh, Big Commerce. Um, but uh, okay, yeah, we, we don't hire just because of your skill. 
you got to have bucket one and bucket two and bucket two is right. who you are as a person, you know? So, uh, you end up with a lot of really great people and some of them are shy and some of them are introverted and others are more outgoing, but certainly, you know, both types, uh, I've seen both of them have to kind of hide behind the veil, not to let people know, Hey, this is really a struggle for me. And, and I've seen a lot of victories, uh, too, because of just simple intervention, being being able to have somebody to talk to and, and work through it and somebody that did not care, you know, where it did not judge them. Right. Yeah, so. exactly. So what are you kind of observing with uh, with the journey you've been on then with basically how would you describe somebody who's got an addictive personality or that will kind of go down the road more likely to having a substance abuse issue I, I i think if you are one of those people that is like me which is i i mean a good way to prove it is you know look at all these tattoos i i did i'm not the guy that could just go get one tattoo right <laughs> so in much the same way not i'm not saying that it's it is like a, an exactly like an addiction but things are easy for me, you know, and, and right. to get over involved with that are bad for me as well as good for me, you know? And right. some people are just kind of predisposed to that mentality. So I think I personally, um, could be addicted to toothpaste if I wanted to, but, uh, <laughs> uh, I, I think a lot of people, it, it really is, those who tend to go too far and not know where the boundaries are for themselves. You know, I've known a lot of people that drank heavily for a while, but we were able to help back them down um, because it wasn't really that they were an alcoholic. It's that they had gotten into some bad habits, you know? Right. Yeah. I hope that made sense. Absolutely. It does. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it kind of, like with a lot of these positions though, and especially in tech, like your job performance depends on basically almost being addicted to your job. Like you take yeah. somebody who's got a video game addiction and there's probably a good chance that they're going to have a good success in, in a tech career if that's, that's the route they go. And uh, there seems to be all, as you mentioned, all these kind of, predetermined factors going on in in the brain and in the physiology of a person that uh, that are already as you mentioned uh, uh, an addictive tendency and then of course you put in the the stress and then also the excitement of achieving and having a group around you and I think it's kind of the perfect storm there um, yeah <laughs> what have you noticed with uh, with yeah, both kind of uh, addiction for celebrating and for camaraderie uh, versus addiction for numbing some of the stress and pain that people have. Well, I mean, for the majority of the time that I uh, have been in tech, I, I have been completely sober, uh, but I myself have, have uh, had intermittent struggles, you know, if I let myself go down a road. Um not with drinking again, but, um, 
you know, I, I, I certainly would say most of the time I was addicted to the sobriety being the sober one, <laughs> you know, I felt like I could best shine when I was completely sober. Um, okay. but you know, you, that, that world is so fast and there is so much stress and it's easy to pick up a joint and smoke, you know, <laughs> and, or, uh, do some, I mean, things a lot heavier than that, you know, uh, it's, it's available in a big city like this, you know, like Austin. I mean, it's not super big city, but it's, it's a good sized city. And there's a lot of, uh, there's just a lot of bad choices that you can make. And I, I really think it comes down to, Hey, I, I, I've got to get to the point where I'm as addicted to being sober (laughs) <laughs> and, and that lifestyle as I, as I was to being successful while I wasn't, you know, <laughs> cause it takes a lot more effort when you really start using or, or, or drinking too much. You're physically not feeling it. Um, we've seen people that we worked with, uh, return to a bigger opportunity, you know, um, it, it, it really, the biggest thing right now is you hit it on the head when you said a lot of them are shy and, you know, quiet, introverted, otherwise, um, these people are really scared of coming forward, right. even in within an outside organization like sober tech, you know, our mm-hmm. organization, it, they, they're afraid we, we hold, um, we didn't have it this week, but we'll have a meeting next week. And, it's meant to be a place for people to hold space for one another, kind of like a 12 step, but not really without the 12 steps and just giving people some area, some space to talk through and work through things. Um, it's confidential. Um, but it, you know, it's one of those things. It's, uh, it's hard to get people to come in, open up and start getting the help they need because they're ashamed. Right. So how do you break some of that stigma behind it? Like, I know like so many professionals out there and it doesn't have to be tech sector. There, There's addictions everywhere. You're going to meet people. Oh, yeah. And especially the higher and more performance based they are, the closer they are to basically an addiction. And right. uh, of course, they've got all this career and pride around it as well. And And of course, the stigma behind addiction is that you're that person out on the street that can't control themselves or that's lost everything um, or that just can't cope with things. And how, how do you get them to, to open up then and, and to break through that? You, you got to get them to what I call, and I hope this is okay if I cuss just a little bit, Absolutely. but the, yeah. the I don't give a shit phase. Right. I, I mean, in the sense of like a lot of people hit that on their own from the addiction, but Mm -hmm. when they get to that place in their head that they're like, Oh man, I don't care what anybody thinks I need help. Right. That's where I can actually help somebody, you know? So I'm not hitting rock bottom. Yeah. Yeah. Or in some way, you know, um, I, I think it's important that, that people understand that, 
man, I, I have seen in different companies, I've seen people that you would not expect to be struggling with these things that have, you know? Right. Yeah, um, definitely. And, you know, I've heard about crazy, crazy parties uh, that, that have happened in other companies, you know, <laughs> things going on that you're like, how, how does that still happen? It's like, you know, it's, that's wild. And um, you have to be ready to deal with yourself, you know, and forgive right. yourself for your um, problems, you know, forgive yourself first, you know, um, you can't be beating yourself up and worried about what other people think when it comes to your own sobriety. That's about you. Right. So you mentioned uh, that what you're doing is kind of like 12 steps without the 12 steps. Um, is a lot of kind of what you're doing now based on a lot of the support and uh, and caring that's being kind of developed in the sobriety communities for a long time? Or is there also an innovative aspect to it? Well, right now we're just doing the meetings. Uh, eventually, what we would like to do is maybe even have an app where people can get directed to, to help in different areas. You know, uh, one of our goals was originally, and it still is, but it's, it's just more of the, don't get the cart before the, or the horse before the carriage kind of thing, you know? And right, yeah. uh, one thing we would like to do is be able to create um uh, an organization that sponsors people to get into rehab. Most of these people already have uh, health insurance because they're working, you know? Right. Yeah. Um, but what my dream is, is to eventually be able to intervene and say, hey, look, whatever that uh, cost is to you, whether it's, you know, your deductible or whatever, uh, which it usually is at least, um, we'll pay it. <laughs> no questions asked, go to rehab, you know, um, get that help, that intense help first, and then come back to us and be a part of our group and we'll share and we'll, we'll help each other walk through it because, you know, I'm not a clinical psychologist or, or anything like that. Um, I'm just somebody that knows that people holding space for me has helped me through a lot of things in life. Um, just having somebody to talk to that that understands. And that's really where we're at right now. Now, did you go through uh, with with your addictions? Did you go through a recovery program? Um, and obviously, uh, if you did, what, what did you kind of learn from from that experience? Well, yeah, I, I, I actually I did not go through a recovery program when I got sober from, from alcohol. I, mm -hmm. um, went through the school of hard knocks. Um, okay. I immediately was able to get sober for about six months and then I fell off the wagon and I, it took me almost two years to completely get sober. You know, um, I wouldn't advise to do it the way that I did it. Part of that was because I was so ashamed um, of what I, how bad I'd gotten, you know? Right. Yeah. Um, but later on I did end up going to a celebrate recovery, which is kind of, you know, an in-person thing, um, which is great. Um, 
where they, you know, they do share space for one another. And, and that part, that component changed so much of the way I thought, you know, right. Um, I had injured thinking I had incorrect <laughs> patterns, you know, <laughs> definitely. Now, yeah, the the reason I am so fascinated with this is obviously there's a lot of people who can can do this with willpower and and fight through the struggle. But the the more kind of addictive somebody's personality is, um, you mentioned injured thinking, is that there are so many physical drivers in mental health and addiction that. Uh, kind of in my experience, just aren't being addressed. And uh, like uh, when I was practicing in uh, North Carolina, we'd get referrals in from uh, from counselors within the addiction field. And we were looking at physical ways to kind of reprogram the brain and body to decrease kind of the cravings and improve how somebody functions. And uh, some of the feedback we'd get back was that uh, that uh, the counselors and the people doing the support work were able to kind of reach another level with with all the people coming through that uh, they weren't able to before that if we were able to once again get the brain body cleaned up and functioning better and looking at these these pathways that are kind of driving people um that uh, we were really able to to help out with with the with the the process and and really get people functioning better. And it can and be ugly. Better. Yeah, definitely, it can be. It, it can be so ugly. The recovery can be as ugly as uh, the addiction. Sometimes, you know, I I, I have oh, a good yeah, friend definitely. of mine that we worked with for about six months when he was really trying to get sober and it took an experience of him basically almost dying before he realized and uh, he's on a great path now um, mm -hmm. and an incredible human and just incredible friend, you know, and I, I just, you know, it, it gave me it, I, truly this gentleman actually inspired what I'm doing now because I had been doing it off and on, but just to see that the 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 juice was worth the squeeze, you know, right, yeah. <laughs> in somebody's life for reals, um, it, it's it's incredible, and we need people like you that can help with the the brain side of things because, uh, like I said, it's ugly getting through it on your own, and and uh, the more support and the more uh, we're, we're a part of that support component, but that clinical component where you can come in and literally help advise people on how to work with their own brain, you know, <laughs> how to make yeah. things get, get going in the right direction. That's so huge. Now you've probably done some of this. Um, so the brain basically is a sensory motor organ. So information comes in through different receptors, fires, nerves, goes someplace in the brain, right? And then we process that and have emotions and then cognitive thoughts. So you basically the sensory stimulation is going to influence the drive of emotionality and for right. better or worse. And 
Now I look back at at your wall there, and you've got at least three guitars up there. A few. Oh, there's twenty three guitars behind me. <laughs> there's some on the floor. Nice. How much of that though? That physical, once again, stimulation of playing the guitar, the music. How how has that helped you along the the journey as well? Well, you know, I. unfortunately I'm not that great of a guitar player, but I enjoy it thoroughly. When I was 14, I used to, yeah, I used to carry a, uh, an acoustic around when I was 14 years old, practically slept with the thing in my bed, you know? Um, but what I have noticed and part of the reason that I have so many of these is I play them, uh, you know, I pick up different guitars. I may pick up three or four different guitars trying to get a certain sound. I've got amps over here. And uh, it it is one of the most enjoyable things for me. And for me, it helps me to get mentally in the right place where I am, you know, thinking in the right manner. So uh, it really kind of clears my head, you know. Just play guitar. I'm upset. Go play guitar. I um, had a bad day. Go play guitar. Maybe write a song even, you know, Um, those kind of things really, they, they really take down a a lot of those heightened sense senses that could lead to addiction. So. Yeah, definitely. It puts you in a different state, correct? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I don't care about anything else. I'm just, I'm just playing. I'm there in the moment, you know? Right. Yeah. And you think about it, like we go back to that, that socially awkward person who's, who's going to grab the alcohol and in any, any situation. And basically they're trying to change their state so that they, they feel better. And, uh, I think the whole key is that, yeah, we've got all this outside stressors, but a huge part of it too is basically the sensation from our own body from the receptors inside of us that are registering whether we're connected to our own body is a huge factor in basically whether we're going to reach for an outside substance to calm down those nerves per se and uh yeah i think you you hit it right there that uh you can do that through different things like music as well. And that uh, basically the more we can stimulate our own bodies and the sensations within ourselves, then we can move farther and farther away from needing something that's extremely powerful to, to change how we feel or, or function in, in that stressful situation. And even though everybody likes to be out in a party for a lot of introverts, it's going to be, that unawareness that uh, something is not not right, that we're uncomfortable in these situations, but yeah. want to be included. So, yeah, I, you know, I, I, I think, too, there are so many alternatives that people don't even know about in the sense of uh, your own body breathing exercises, things you can do to really heighten the senses and 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 become better, not worse. Uh, you know, uh, getting an upper physically in your own mind without doing an upper, you know, um, (laughs) things like, uh, you know, Wim Hof method and stuff that people are using nowadays with the breathing exercises and 
cold baths and it's like it's incredible man uh the 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 human body is such a complex and creative and beautiful um piece of work you know it really is it's uh it, it is the main reason that i personally believe in creationism is because i just can't deny that it is unbelievably designed you know right and uh i i think uh you know the fact that you know, people can learn that kind of thing. You know, those kind of things can be very useful as well. You know, find a new way to, to, to find your place, you know, to get that, that high, make it a, a, a spiritual high, make it an emotional high, you know, make it a physical high in the sense of, you know, maybe it's exercise, you know, whatever. Um, or, or the Winhoff thing I mentioned, you know, there, there's so many other ways and methods and tricks that you can kind of give your body what it craves without giving it something that destroys you. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And, uh, that becomes the big, big part of the puzzle. The, the things that, that I've worked on clinically is to identify what parts of the brain basically are overactive and, and, uh, Basically, the wheels are just spinning and and uh, and not going anywhere. And what parts of the brain are sluggish and not working properly, and then matching that up with a way to to change that that state or how how that part of the brain is firing. And once again, like if you trace that area back to different different nerves receptors, then you're able to do that. And more importantly, match it up again with with something that's going to make that change and, and really get more individualized and specific. But like Wim Hof there, the great thing about that breathing is it's one of the more intense kind of stimulations or, or things you can do to once again, get connected with your body again. And mm-hmm. yeah, if you're into cold showers as well, it's that, that cold yeah, the whole thing is pretty intensive if you get into it. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. How are, how are you applying these now to your, your daily routines then? Like you mentioned the music. Well, I, I, I've done a little bit of Wim Hof. I won't say I'm a, I'm not very good at it yet, but I am very interested in, uh, in learning more about it. But, you know, again, it comes back to the guitar for me. I just, I'll sit down and, I've even found collaborators and things like that. And so I don't make music to be heard by the general public. I mostly make it to be heard by my friends, Um, Mm -hmm. but I still make it, you know, and, uh, and I share it and uh, I have had good and bad, (laughs) you know, feedback, but it's important for me to get that out of me, you know, uh, whether it's the best thing in the world or not, uh, for other people to have to hear. Uh, (laughs) but I, I, uh, it's, it's really allowed me to kind of climb inside my own mind and, and really be expressive, you know, and that makes me happy. Um, I love it when something, maybe it, every song I've ever done, they don't connect with, but, then this one song, you know, somebody connects with that means the world to me. Nice. Yeah. And I, you keep, uh, keep coming back to this. Uh, I may not be good at it, but I'm doing it. And I think that's one of the, the very important things to throw out to people that, that are kind of struggling with things is that 
you're not doing it to be good at anything. And uh, this whole notion that we've got to be this amazing rock star performer um, it isn't true. The, the majority of us aren't going to be. But the main thing is, once again, to do something that's going to stimulate ourselves and make us feel better is the key. And, and kind of that self-love approach, I guess, is to ignore all these factors of whether other people are receptive of it or not. Uh, would mm -hmm. you kind of agree in, in those lines that a lot of people are putting too much pressure on themselves to be good at everything oh, yeah. instead of who cares, man, right. you know, who cares what people think of you? Like, I told my parents last night, I'm lucky to still have both of them. And um, I told my parents last night, I said, my superpower is that I don't care what people think. I care about people. Right. You know, and I, I may not have the best to give them, but I'm going to I'm going to give them the best I have, you know, and the best I have is not drunk during me getting DUIs or what or DWIs or whatever. It's 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 me in a better mindset delivering creative things that I share with the people I love and care about so they can uh, better understand me. And sometimes, you know what, some of that stuff's dark and people don't like it. And some of it's not, and people right. still don't like it, <laughs> but I don't really care. It, it's part of something I need to do for myself. Right. Absolutely. So how is all this now fueling into your career and your performance? Um, well, my, my current, uh, uh, career is at Feedonomics and being in a clear mindset and, and, uh, I, I'm actually still in training, but I've learned so much, you know, I feel so empowered. I still feel so ahead of where I, m I might be if, if, if I was dealing with addiction, you know, right. um, I, I just know in my mind, that's a great place. And what's really cool is since I started at Feedonomics is I've started being more creative on the side yeah. and at night, I'm just, my creativity is just blooming, you know? And it's because what's happening is I'm going in, I'm working very hard. And then when I go to play, I'm so ready to play. I'm ready to jump in and, and just do excellent creative work, you know, and um, excellent in my mind, at least. And so one really plays off of the other and pushes the other. I need more of the creative when I'm doing a lot of the hustle and work and really digging in. Uh, I've been really lucky because, you know, both uh, Big Commerce, the parent company and Feedonomics are very great cultures to be a part of. Um, and they're so in tune with their people. Um, Feedonomics takes one week out of the one, no, four times a year, once a quarter, they take one week to uh, come together uh, and do things to build the team. And it's, it's based around a book called legacy. It's an incredible book. 
on okay. uh, it's about the All Blacks, the uh, rugby team, the most successful sports team of Ever. all time. <laughs> it, it, right? Yeah, yeah, and um, they have a book called Legacy, and we really try to live that out, and we come together to try to remember the points and and hold each other accountable. And so, I mean, the culture's incredible. So I'm just glad I'm sober so I can be a part of it and <laughs> not get lost in the in the work and trying to balance everything. You know, it's right. I mean, if you you know, if you can handle having a drink and not getting drunk, hats off to you. But for me, it's not about one beer, it's about thirty. <laughs> you know, and so I don't need to do that. So if I can't, if it's either, you know, none or 30, I've got to choose uh, the first one. You know, I, I've got to choose not to drink, you know, um, and it's allowed me to enjoy the process more um, since I've been with this company and, and love the people, love the company, love the parent company. I mean, they've given me so much and so many tools. Um, I'm just, I'm really grateful. I'm glad I was present. Right. Now, all the people at work that hear you doing this work and hear your story, are they supportive of you or? Very supportive. There's still kind of that stigma behind it or? Yeah, no. I, I would say there's certainly not a stigma behind it. Um, Great. They have really engaged with me about it. Some of them are very interested in being a part of it. And uh, not necessarily from a, a standpoint of they need help, but more of, hey, how can I help others? And to me, like one of the biggest things is getting people out to be the people that listen. Right. You don't drink now. Great. That's good. What about the guy that's your friend that does and needs help and he needs somebody to to confide in? That's what it's about. It's about not just those of us who are on the other side, but or just those of us that are dealing with it. Um, it's about both, you know, <laughs> um, pay it forward. I mean, that really comes down to it. Pay it forward. Right. No, that is absolutely amazing. You also said one, one uh, take home that that I, I really want to stress with people too is that uh, you went if the option is is zero or thirty um, beers, whatever, uh, then then it's zero. Um, yeah. But basically, it is so much easier to make a yes no decision that if you start to negotiate with yourself, then then that's where a lot of it, it starts to break down is that it's more complex to come up with different rules for yourself that, okay, this situation, I'm just going to have half a dozen or, or yeah. something in that realm. <laughs> that's how you end up making that decision that gets you out of the <laughs> startup. Right, yeah. And I'm sure you've seen that before, like people who had really amazing careers coming up that uh, it fell apart on them, correct? Yeah, absolutely. I've seen it time and time again where people uh, made the choices to kind of alienate themselves from opportunity. 
you know? Right. And that's one of the biggest reasons for this is get, let's get these people back on track, back yeah. to succeeding, yeah. back to confidence, back to where they believe in themselves and make an impact. I love it. So if there was kind of one take home message, cause we've mentioned so many, um, <laughs> what would you like to send people away with? I, I want them to know that while it's difficult, dark at many times in the addiction, there's people like me that do care and do want to see you succeed and do want to see you get on the right path and be fruitful and, and really get what you deserve out of life. Um, and, and you do de deserve something. You know, you do right. deserve to win if you put in the effort and we're here to help you put in the effort. Nice. Yeah, you really are becoming the the hope for a lot of people in the um, not only in the tech sector, but but obviously you're battling through these. So I absolutely commend you on the work you're doing and uh, and uh, everything you've mentioned here today has been absolutely incredible. And uh, people need to need to tune in and, and hear these things. And of course, they need to hear success stories as well, because a lot of people, Absolutely. once again, just just see kind of things deteriorate and and obviously looking at you now and and the work you're doing is is amazing and uh, definitely, definitely a pat on your back for everything. And uh, how can people people find you and and uh, get the help and hope they need? Uh, I would urge them to look up Sober Tech, uh, S O B E R T E C K or C H, sorry, um, on LinkedIn. That's where we do a lot of our announcements and stuff. We'll have a website soon. It'll be sobertech.org. But uh, right now, get a hold of us on there. Message us. Uh, we'll be putting announcements up of when we, we, uh, get together and meet. But, uh, if you reach out and DM us, I will be the one that gets that. And I'll make sure, um, you get the help you need if I can. Awesome stuff. All right. Appreciate your time again, Jeremy. And for everybody tuning in, uh, thank you for listening to the hearty brain, the show that takes athletic, introverted entrepreneurs and leaders and transforms them into ironclad brain performers. Have a great day and thank you.